let me just bring out some top-level takeaways from this book. And many of you got the pamphlet, uh, which provides you much more detailed summary of the big takeaways. But I want to wrap up this before I hand uh, the podium back to Rajul. So I think one of the big takeaways from the book is when we think about India, don't think about India as one homogeneous country. Think about India much more disaggregated level at the state level. And, and we've provided a classification of states in terms of the lagging states, the agriculture-led states, the urbanizing states. Uh, and these, these, this categorization allows you to formulate policies which are much closer to the stage of structural transformation that a particular state is in. And once we do that, we'll be much better able to target the needs of that particular state and to look at ways in which one can address the problems of nutrition and overall income growth for that particular state. Second, I think uh, our evidence, the data from the book, shows very clearly that there's a major nutrition transition taking place. The transition from undernutrition to overnutrition is something that's extremely palpable, especially in the, the more progressive, the more higher income states, et cetera. In my view, and, and in the view of the book, uh, the, the answer to addressing undernutrition and overnutrition is the same. It's to provide better access and more affordable access to a diet that's more diverse and that's more nutrient-rich. If we can do that, then you reduce the tripping from a calorie-dense staple grain diet to a convenience food diet, which is also calorie-dense. And you create an opportunity for people to substitute into a more nutrition-rich diet. And that's something the book really spends a lot of time emphasizing. The third point is that we've talked about urbanizing uh, populations and the increased demand for diversity of urban populations. Now, what, what that demand for diversity does it, is that it can create new growth opportunities for the rural poor, growth opportunities in linking to this uh, rising demand for diversity through enhancing supply of diversity. And I think that's the growth opportunity we need to be capturing. Of course, it's not easy. It's not easy because the current policy environment is very much stuck on the big three staples. So we need to think about a policy environment that looks beyond the big three <coughs> staples. And we need to look at ways in which massive investments in infrastructure, market infrastructure, transport infrastructure, storage infrastructure, et cetera, is in place in order to capture the enhanced supply of diversity. And, and also looking at ways in which one can delink food safety net programs away from a, a focus exclusively on staple grains and look at uh, non-food-based safety net programs, cash-based safety net programs, et cetera. It's, it requires a whole set of new policy um, interventions and a new set of policy thinking if we want to transition from a calorie-based approach to a comprehensive nutrition-based approach to food policy. And also, as Matthew mentioned, 
as you look forward, uh, small farmers need to be part of this process of change, part of this process of growth. But that can only happen if the transactions costs associated with linking into markets are reduced substantially. And one of the ways in which this book talks about reducing those transactions costs is to look at ways in which you can create aggregation groups of small farmers. So farmer producer groups is one opportunity for having farmers be able to link into these value chains as a group and thereby reduce some of the transactions costs. Climate change issues are a major part of the concern as we look forward. And in the book, we talk about the existing evidence on climate change impacts on India. But one area we point out where there's not enough evidence and not enough data is that the climate change impacts on crops that are important to the poor, millets and sorghum and uh, pulses and lentils, et cetera, the climate impacts on these crops are very under-researched. And unless we get a better handle on it, we won't be able to say much about the impacts of climate change on the poor. The final point I want to make is a lot of what we say about particular states or particular category of states in India are lessons that could be applicable outside of India. They could be applicable in parts of Sub-Saharan Africa, parts of Southeast Asia, uh, et cetera. And I think the book provides uh, a lot of information for Indian policymaking and Indian research system, but it also provides information that can be used much more broadly way beyond India. With this, I thank you for your attention, and I'll hand you back to Raju.